0: Good evening. I was at a reuse it shop today. We're going to Colossians chapter three. Had a reuse it shop and uh, and uh, found the Bible. It's always interesting. A beautiful Bible, one of those with the thumb, t- thumb tabs and the gilded edges and uh, just gorgeous. 1927 was is, uh, is the year in it but uh, i don 't think it had ever been used i don 't think it had ever been opened except for the front cover and inside the front cover was a whole stack of death or obituaries i mean that 's what it was used to hold was a stack of obituaries and a couple of letters from uh, eighteen ninety we're in there as well, I' uh, thinking on that with regard to coming to uh, uh Colossians and where we 're at here in this powerful convicting portion of scripture, from verse uh, one down through uh uh seventeen. I know you believe in miracles, but uh, this is a miracle It'll never take place to get through all these verses uh, in the next couple of weeks. I tried to squeak out a couple more, but pastors got other ideas so um Colossians chapter 3. Remember these words in verse 1, uh, if or since you were raised with Christ, we're supposed to do something. Seek those things which are above. We say, where? What, what What are we supposed to seek? Well, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And he says, set. You know, get established. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You wouldn't think that... Uh, believers would have to be told that, but we are. We need it reminded time and time again. And then he says why, why we're uh, not to have our minds set on things on the earth, verse 3, you died. For you died and your life is hidden, a beautiful thought and word, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members. Is probably speaking of, uh, of uh, vices, or those things that uh, uh, we adhere close to, which are on the earth. And he lists them fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things... The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked. It was a way of your life when you lived in them. But now, total change, but now. You yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication or language out of your mouth. and Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, uh, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as, exactly as the word means, exactly as, even as, exactly as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, kind of like Got all your clothes on, and you you put your overcoat on. So above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule or uh, be the umpire in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, talking to the local church, and be thankful Let, verse 16, let, which means allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly in all wisdom and uh, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks, powerful and convicting statements and words, and found many places in the Scriptures. We know that as you've read the Word. You've seen them in many of the letters written to local churches uh, as God had the Word spread about and as it went forth. Um, I was uh, saved as a young teenager, and and, uh, family did not attend church and lived a few miles up the hill from... uh, from the church, having come to know Christ as Savior, God, he put a great desire in my heart to be in prayer meeting. Prayer meetings at that time were 8 o'clock at night. And then after prayer meeting, the uh, ladies, folks who sang in the choir would practice. So there were late nights going on. But I would walk down to prayer meeting, and the pastors at that time in the church I attended, uh, every night you knew what was going to happen. As he got through with a bit of a message, and he would say, Now we're going to count off by, you know, if there were 40 people there and he wanted groups of eight, what would he count off by? That was your math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to get the same number of people in each group. Maybe you did it at school, you know? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four. And then when he got all done, you go to all the sevens that you were in and so on. And as I went to prayer meeting, uh, I wound up the first night down in the uh, basement of this church in a little room, but uh, I didn't quite believe in lighting yet, I guess, at that time. But anyway, I met with three ladies. I thought they were older than the hills. Uh, but they were way up there in the late 30s someplace. And uh, and they prayed. I mean, it was it, when they talked about an hour prayer meeting, they were literalists. And for a little guy who'd never been to a prayer meeting in his life to sit in a cold metal chair, that uh, was amazing. I went back the next week. And the next week, I sat someplace else in the Pastor, count is count off. You know, I wound up with the same three ladies in the same room. Yeah. But I learned something about prayer. I learned as they prayed and prayed and prayed, and it seemed like hours to a, a young guy. But I, I learned that these were, these were folks who had uh, had uh, sought those things which are above. And prayer does, you know. We want the will of God to be done with all these requests given tonight and upon the page. And we're seeking those things which are above. God, what do you, what do you want done? What are you going to do with this? And we're seeking those things where Christ is seated at the right hand, where something can get done, you know, uh, by way of him and so in in prayer meeting i learned these things out of this uh out of this verse i ask you tonight maybe you could add one more prayer request to your paper uh as you pray for pastors and ministries and people here at the church if you might remember maranatha baptist church in sinking spring uh mr binkley and myself have been sharing the pulpit there uh, one week they get stories about international tractors, and the next week they get stories about a good tractor, John Deere, And uh, but I would never bring that up. Uh, but anyway, as a message, you know, I might pray for that church they need a pastor, and I'll, they need people as well, you know. So, two great prayer requests. Maranatha Baptist Church. Good church, had good ministries over the years, and uh, needs some great help this evening hour. Well, bringing your attention back here to Colossians and thinking on those things which are above, where the Word of God directs us as people that are are, are resurrected, seeking those things which are above, we're well-versed in that idea of seeking things in the Scriptures. Seek ye first the what? Kingdom of God, yeah, and all these things be added unto you. The man of God, uh, uh, the Son of God, He has come doing what? Seeking the lost. Yeah, I remember the day the Lord sought me out and brought me unto Himself and changed my life so totally, and and uh, I'd be a whole day of conviction. I was just under such. Uh, uh, power of the things of, of the word of God and uh, he sought me and bought me and brought me to himself and separated me and uh, changed my whole language. I had to learn to talk all over again when I was redeemed because all I knew was uh, you know, 400 swear and curse words and a few other words thrown in between. I had to turn that around so I would, I would go to school and I didn't know how to talk you know Oh, he's quiet, they would say. Well, I didn't know, you know, without something rolling out that shouldn't have been. So here in Colossians, in these first four verses of chapter 3, it's how to live godly in a crooked and perverse world. It's hard work. How to live godly in a crooked and perverse world because Jesus will come someday. Because he will come, and we believe surely soon. How often, or maybe it's how seldom, do we think on things above. Things that are righteous and godly and that, that uh, tear at our hearts. Seeking something is out of a, a task. I've got a, a job to do. It implies a persevering, effort and energy. It implies seeking so as to obtain something valuable. Kind of wrapping your arms around it. and, uh, and it, So it's not just seek to find something, but it's to obtain it. My wife and I were new and young in the ministry, and uh, uh, one of our our uh, third child, a little boy, he was about three years old and outside and playing and many kids in the neighborhood and so on, and uh, and it's all at once he wasn't there, you know, and so th- there was a frantic search for quite a while in buildings, the church building, and in people's homes as they looked and the kids were looking. And and we spread out, searched the cemetery that was close by. And uh, I always thought about that, churches and cemeteries. I, I don't want to pastor a church where well, there's a cemetery right there. Um, but I did anyway. And uh, that's just weird to me. I want a pastor where there's life, right? You want a pastor where there's life and lots of ministry. We looked and looked, and things were getting pretty tense. And and uh, I went over a little knoll, and there this little guy was. Uh, he was picking flowers. Uh, I won't tell you that was at the Catholic church down the street, but that's where it was. And uh, we had a whole handful, you know. And he stood up, "Hi, Daddy!" Yeah. And like there wasn't a care in the world, you know. He didn't know. All that were seeking him, concerned about him, looking for him. So it is with you and I with regard to so many loved ones without Christ. You know, seeking them. They're on our mind. We, we don't want to just have them told about Christ. We want them to come to Christ. You know, we are seekers. We, and here, seeking the things of God, seeking those things which are above. We can't quit at it. We, we we press on in it, seeking the things of God. Those things which are above. Christ talked about the treasures in heaven, and uh, here is talking about the things of the richness of Christ and who the person of Christ is, and all that's involved with regard to regard to Him. Seek and maintain fellowship with Him. We're so thankful the Lord has won the battle, and that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about winning some battle that's never been won over sin, because Christ has won the victory, and the battle and the condemning power of sin has been removed from us through the blood of Christ. But our minds get so easily distracted. I tried to figure out for years how my kids thought they could sit in front of the TV and Listen to music and do their homework. I've never figured that out yet. Did you do that? Maybe anyone have that custom? Uh, you know, I, 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 I guess that I still don't come around to me to think on that. Even there's distractions, uh, and there's so many distractions around us to remove us, to stop us from thinking upon the things of God. I say to folks, you need to get the book in hand and get in a nook someplace and take a look at what God has and the wonderful things that are set forth there. Set our minds. Our minds are so set upon temporary and passing things. Where is our mind to be set? Where is it tonight? You know, where is it set... As as we've gathered here as a local church for this glorious ministry of prayer and uh, you know uh, setting our minds on things above where God's will will be done and nothing could be better than regard to it. So how how are we doing in thinking, seeking those things which are above? There in verse one. How are we doing at setting our minds on things above? How how do we do at that? And and how are we doing at being dead? How are we doing at that? It's our job, you know, with regard to it, that we are to be those who have set their minds on things above and not on things on the earth, for you died. Verse 3, your life is hidden, hidden in Christ. Yeah, there's a place to think upon have before us. Back in chapter 2 and verse 20, you can read for yourself there. I'm going to quote it. I have it written here. A letter written to the local church, remember. He says, if you died with Christ, 2.20, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why do you go on living in subjection to the world? It's basic Christian doctrine for us, and you've heard it Numerous times, and that's good. The basic Christian doctrine that since the people called Christians, those of the family of Christ, is what Christian means. We're, we're, we took on a new family name. It's Christian. That's our last name, as it might be. So, of the family of Christ, little Christ. So, this this basic Bible doctrine that since we are called Christians, those that are born again... It means that when God saw his son crucified, put to death on the cross, he saw us in his son. Glorious truth. You died with Christ. And now that we are dead to the condemning power of sin, we're alive, alive to Christ. Sometimes you say, I don't feel very dead. Well, some days I do. Uh, and you might say, well, I don't look very dead. Well, give me time. And you might say, well, I we don't act very dead. When every physical thing about us cries out, I'm alive. Now, a lot of our thoughts and things bringing out of the Word of God are I, I, I trust in any way offensive to those who have just lost loved ones because I know the pain of that. Or uh, I have some loved ones that are passing. neighbor of mine where I live, I think believe, is passing at a monstrous stroke yesterday and, and uh, know all about the physical death. We're talking about spiritual matters here that are before us that are pictured in physical death, but mainly pictured here with regard to um, baptism, baptism. But right here in Colossians 3, 5, here is number one or one of seven, I call them directives. It's good to have directions. And here are seven directives for our lives. And verse uh, uh, 5 says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth and list those that uh, desire to be listed here and many more in other places. When I was in uh, Israel a few years ago and were able to get down to where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. An amazing place indeed, and wanted to go up and look. I'm an explorer, but they're fenced off. Uh, uh, But uh, our our guide made mention of how many uh, lists were found. In, in the scrolls. Many things were listed and put down, like a list we have here. Or like like the list you, you know, there was a list set to the Romans, and there was a list uh, sent to uh, the, the Corinthian church, and a list to the uh, churches of Galatia, and Ephesus, and, and uh, uh, Thessalonica, I always think of Thessalonians. That's one of those words when you lose your teeth, either you can't find your false teeth or you've lost your teeth, you won't be able to say Thessalonians anymore. Sorry. It's about a little bit different. Uh, but it's to churches. This is written to a local church. This wasn't written to some uh, horrible, horrendous, we might consider very ungodly people like I was at one time before a new Christ. This written to, to the people of God written to Christians. So he says something very unusual has taken place as those that are pictured as resurrected from the dead and living in life for Christ. So verse 5, we have the word mortify. Some translations have put to death but to mortify. Therefore put to death your members, which are upon the earth. And the only way to truly seek those things that are above, to get rid of uh, earth's uh, anchors, as as it were, to be put to death, what we love, must be some mortifying taking place. Mortify, mortify, mortician, put to death. There are seven Christian directives, and you can find them in verse 5 down through verse 17. This one, mortify, verse 8 is put off. Uh, uh, Verse 10, 11, 12 is put on. You know, you take something off, you put something on. Verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your heart as a directive. Verse 15, as well, be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in your heart as a directive. And verse 17, uh, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have these directives, and and we're not going to... Obviously, get to look at all of them, but I'm going to pull out a couple of them in a couple of weeks ahead, Lord willing. If the Lord has not come, I, I often have said over the years when I got up in the pulpit, I didn't expect to be here this day. Did you expect to be here? Well, I did. I expect to be in glory. That's where I expected to be If every moment we're expectantly waiting for Jesus to come, and if if we have right here, which we do in front of us, set your mind on things above, not on earth, for you died and your life is hid in Christ, so when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you what? You'll also appear with him in glory, expecting to be there and not here. Glorious thought, truth indeed to have before us. But a couple of these directives have to do here in this chapter of of, uh, removing or disrobing. And when a person is born again by God's grace, there are many things, uh, as in verse 6, that must go, and verse 5, must be put to death. Remember the song, the chorus? I enjoyed that one tonight, Uh, uh, with regard to all my sins are gone, 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 or uh, all my sin had to go underneath the what? You want to remember it? It's the crimson flow? Well, I'm not that old. I want to remember some of these songs. that uh, uh, Beautiful choruses and truths. Verse 8. You pick, your eye pick out there verse 8 where he says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. How are we doing at it? Put off anger. Wrath malice and so on. Put them off. Put off those those really foul obnoxious ungodly clothing of the old man. When I was a very young lad on the farm and I had a couple of older brothers and we weren't big enough to do all the manly stuff around the farm. My dad in the early 1950s would uh, have these men back then called hobos. I don't know what the title is used, if such, anymore. Uh, But anyway, they were just traveling. Men just lost, as it were, after World War II, not knowing where to go and what to do, and had nothing. And they would travel the roads looking for a meal or some work, and my dad would often take in a couple of them. And, uh, wow. You hope when you sat down at the dinner table... You didn't sit next to one of them, for well, they were odious. Uh, they were really rank, and uh, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to bother them, but it would the one sitting next to them. But when I came to Christ, I had to put off some foul, obnoxious, ungodly clothing of the old man our life which is born again has to do a lot of shedding of things years ago when god had in my family pastoring up in the state of maine they had a great saying up there it, w- it would fit anywhere but they had a great saying in the spring they would say stick to your long johns until they stick to you and uh, many took it all too literal with regard to some of those, you know, but there, there's a time to put things off. Put them off. And, uh, but we back up a little bit because you might be saying, wait, you missed, you missed the things up there in verse 5. Uh, well, verse 5 uh, brings forth the idea that we are to put to death. It, it's not just put them off, but Put to death. It's not just just remove them, but it's to put them to death. Mortify them. Put them to death. Bury them. Think upon it to the God, to God, God's great loving grace and mercy upon our our lives, purchased by the blood of Christ. And God sets before us here in the scriptures. He tells us who we are. Who are we? We are those who belong to Christ. And he sets before us where we are. Where are we? Risen with Christ. Where he is, there I am. And, and, and what are we? Dead. Dead with Christ. Therefore we get rid of and bury these things of, uh, of verse 5. Mortify them. Is dealing decisively with sin. It's removing it and refusing the claims of sin upon our lives and, and a radical change that needs to come forth. And it's demanded and it ought to be desired in our hearts by the Spirit of God living in us. If you would j- just move back a little bit in your Bible to the book of Hebrews, <clears throat> be reminded in chapter, chapter 11, Uh, with regard to Moses. This section about Moses covers all that we're covering in Colossians. It it brings out this truth, but just a rapid few thoughts with regard to it. Hebrews 11, 23, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, They were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, what did he do? (coughs) He refused. There's a refusing in our lives. There's a point that says, I refuse to serve sin any longer. I refuse the things that are distracting me from Christ. He refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Rather, something else was there, choosing. He chose rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God. Have you made that choice? It's an everyday choice. Every day we have to choose that. Rather suffer the afflictions with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures uh, of sin. There needs to be a putting off a uh, destroying, a killing of those things. And, and verse 26, it says of him, he was esteeming, holding up high the reproach of Christ, seeing it greater, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And he looked for the reward. Now, just like we're reading Colossians, we look for that one from heaven uh, will be with him. And uh, that great joy there. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. There's a forsaking that has to take place. There has to come a point when you say, I I forsake it, I leave it behind. I will not have it to run and ruin my life. It'd be those manner of life as Colossians has spoken of. Maybe they're hanging on, or we're hanging on to them. Forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. We can fear people, and because of that, not serve the Lord. That happened in my life for a long time with regard to brothers and sisters who cared not for Christ back then and don't today. And uh, a dad who was a great hater of the things of God, literally. And... uh, uh, fearing the wrath of the king. We often fear others, and so we don't speak up and stand up. Uh, uh, we forget we're to be seeking those things which are above and remembering just where we're to set our affections. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Endured. Are we enduring? That means more than just putting up with, you know. Enduring is that of living godly in the midst of a crooked and perverse world. And by faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood, uh, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith uh, they passed through through the world is a great picture of it. The Red Sea and the dry land and God's great uh, great caring with regard to them. And it's a great illustration of what we have right here in, in, in Colossians that is put before us. Proclaiming, I'm a believer in Jesus. When I moved into the uh, <clears throat> little trailer park complex that my wife and I now are living in and uh, uh, when I started meeting my neighbors, the first thing I said to my neighbors uh, is I'm a Christian. And I believe the things of God. Now, some neighbors are no longer neighborly from the first day. But I picked up a lot of neighbors that are very friendly. And I can minister to and with because they know where i I'm coming from and where I stand. I didn't tell them I'd been a Baptist preacher because that makes people, all at once the people you tell it to become very religious. And uh, they got all kinds of nice stuff that they did. Or that their great, great, great someplace back there, grandfather was a Baptist preacher as well. Proclaim you're a believer in Jesus. Proclaim I'm not the person I used to be. Sin is illogical and irrational and inconceivable for a person who's dead. Do You ever think on that? It does not say sin is dead to us because it's not. It's constantly under attack upon us. But it declares we are to be dead to it. No life with regard to it. Several years ago I was in the hospital and visiting from room to room and came across a man who actually lived in a little town I was pastoring in at that time. And I asked him if I could read the scriptures and he said, fine. And I read with regard to all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. He said, wait, wait a minute. I'm not a sinner. He said, I've never sinned. If everyone was as perfect as I am, It would just be just a great place. And so I went on and I explained some things from the scriptures for him. And he said, That's all well and good. But uh, I don't need it. And I drove home. It It was about 13 miles. And just inside the door, the phone was ringing. He died. And his widow wanted me to come. Talk to her, have the funeral. Wow. Died. So many have passed away without Christ, and indeed it is heartbreaking. But our concern tonight is that we would be those who are dead to sin and not serving it any longer. We know that as long as uh, we believers are still on this earth, our earthly condition, uh, uh, that of uh, sinners saved by grace, but in glory we are seen as those at the right hand of Christ, we're with him, we're in him, and uh, so we are are seen there as, as perfect. We're seen by him as without sin because Christ is looked upon and not us. Wholly justified right now. But our, our, our condition, while in principle it harmonizes with our, with our state and glory, um, we know we've got a lot of growing to do in Christ. We've got some real growing pains that go on. Because it's not easy to leave behind and chop off stuff that's been a part of our lives as ungodly, maybe for many, many decades. Or maybe some of it should have been chopped off years ago, but we have hung on to it and we know it. And so he deals with it here with regard to this local church, and so is dealing with us with regard to uh, regard to what it is and that. Pastor talked with regard to, you know, a baptism coming up. I love baptisms, immersions, I call them. We, you're immersed by immersion. Or, uh thousands have given their lives for the, for the sake and the cause of a, of a baptism. We get baptized in different places, some of them baptized by local churches in a lake or a river or a frog pond or the ocean, or or, uh, we have stories to tell. But by the picture of death is what we have in the baptism. Immersion under the water pictures burial. It pictures death. It illustrates resurrection. And we say, I was baptized. I remember the night I was baptized. I shall not forget. And I trust you long remember your identification when you said... I want to say outwardly I belong to Christ and I want to demonstrate that I belong to him by being obedient to his word as I give my testimony of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting how, many, how soon many folks forget that they were. there was a picture of death and how quick they come back to life. Someone has said, physically, we wait till a person is dead to bury them, but spiritually, being dead in sin, we're identified and we bury them while they are alive, and we picture the resurrection unto life it 's a marvelous thing, baptism, when you think on it and have it upon your heart and mind, but i 've often noticed over the years as we close for our prayer time this evening hour, you know crucified with Christ i 've been amazed at how many folks seem to have come back to life after baptism. Some folks pretty sensitive about coming back to life. They're right back living the way they did before. Perhaps you did, I did for a while. We don't die very good, you know, we don't get buried very well. A couple times when I've done baptism, someone in the crowd has called out, hold him under a little longer, Pastor. Uh, They might have, they should have me, I guess. But uh, it's, it's a picture of death, do you remember that? It's a picture of death. And we have that brought out in this illustration, in this portion of Scripture. Put to death. Bury those things, those members on the earth. And he gives this horrendous list, and sometimes we say, well, none of that has anything to do with me. You better look at it carefully. Think upon it carefully. I've appreciated the series in the church with regard to the dark side of the web, you know and and uh my we really are in some dark ages with regard to some of that stuff that's going on and and there's this need of this reminder for us here not to think of that that believers are somehow immune to all of all of this Mortify, put to death these things, members' vices upon the earth, and seek those things which are above. That's our heart's longing. Look at verse 6. We'll finish up here. Well, as any Baptist preacher, I'll go another verse as well, but just make the, the end longer. We must not forget verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Upon the sons of disobedience. The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience for these things. Why would we want anything to do with that? in which you yourselves once walked. Notice that the idea is you used to live that way, or at least it's supposed to be that it used to be and not that way now. But uh, the idea he's putting forth there is taking it for granted that you're not alive to those things in verse 5, but you're dead to them in which you once walked, lived, had your being. Not speaking of some sort of dedication, you know, way, speaking of death. We have to have that in mind as believers in the Lord Jesus. Setting forth our lives uh, daily. I like to get up early in the morning because I like to be in the scriptures early. Lately it's been around 3, 3.30 in the morning I've been waking up and uh, thinking on things of the Word of God, and it's more precious than it's been in the some 60 years I've known Christ. That's amazing. Of course, the middle of the afternoon, if I sit down, I'm out, you know, done for. We have some prayer lists and things to call out to heaven for tonight, seeking those things which are above, and Lots of times when we start there, we need to work here in our lives first and call upon him. So enjoy the prayer time here this evening out.